We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is TFAQ, True Faith, Any Questions, our bi-monthly, I think that's right, uh, show that we do where you ask us the questions, our patrons put their questions to us. We sit here and answer them to the best of our abilities. If you like this show, please do consider joining us on Patreon for £6.60 a month. If you're listening on Patreon, what a great choice you've made for yourself. I love that for you. Um, we're going to try and get through some of these questions. Um, we'll just cut cracking. I'm joined tonight by Alex Hurst and Emil Franchi to to uh, to go through these. So thanks to everybody who asked once again, absolutely loads of questions. We're going to do our very best. We'll do our best to be succinct and get through them. So I'll start at the very beginning because I think that's, you know, that's a good shout. Um Carl Fraser asks, do we think the lack of movement on the direction of football or CEO front has seriously hampered our ability to act decisively in the transfer market? Alex, I'll come to you on that one. Yeah, absolutely. If if it didn't hamper um, those efforts, why would you have one? Uh, you know, like, there, it, it is a concern to me, though I understand the mess that the new owners inherited and also the desire to get the best person doesn't mean making a quick decision you know the sack, the sack Lee Charney. I think that was a popular decision. Um, who who's in charge at the club? You know, I don't know that the man of Stavely um, and Murdad could you see, uh, you know, live in Newcastle and work from St James's Park. So who's in charge at the club? We don't know. Um, this window is incredibly difficult, but it looks like a mess from the outside looking in. It was probably always going to be a mess, but. Yeah, yeah. would Newcastle United be stronger with a world-class CEO and director of football in place for this transfer window? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And I would also add, you know, I don't think that's the reason the transfer window has been a bit of a mess. I think there's a, there's a few reasons, one being January's hard. Um, but I totally agree with you, Alex. I think if we had a bit more high-level senior structure in place, we might have had more success. Can't say for sure, but I think so. Um, okay. Jordan Scott, a break from the transfer window. So that is quite nice, actually, Jordan. We're doing another transfer show this weekend. That'll be out. Adam will be running that this weekend. So that'll be out for you patrons. Uh, so if you're desperate, if you heard me say a break from transfer and you thought, no, that we'll, we'll be scratching that itch. Um, the question is thoughts on ground development, short to long term, work within the limits of SJP or move to a new site 
uh, later on, longer term. It's a good question. A lot of people are asking this about where will we move now that we're going to be a global mega power in the footballing world? Should we move sites? Should we have an 80,000 capacity stadium? How do we do that? Emil, what do you think? I think that they are going to lay the, lay the foundations uh, on the trip to Saudi Arabia. Uh, what we don't realise is that Newcastle is getting fully relocated and they're doing it brick without us. Brick by brick. So yeah, James exactly. Start to Riyadh. A full rebuild. Um, yeah, no. Commute for us. <laughs> like a like a new series of Alvida's in Pet, wouldn't it? Oh, we're going to move St James's Park. Um, uh, I mean, th- this. To be honest, this is the the last thing on on my list of of what needs doing um, since the takeover happened. Um, we've seen St James's Park get get cleaned up a bit, which is nice. Um, capacity, yeah, okay. I think that the fact that it's now harder to get tickets is probably going to lump more pressure on uh, this kind of thing. Um, I like where St. James's Park is. Every away fan who comes up, you know, says how great it is to have the stadium uh, directly next to the city centre. There's that special feeling of of seeing it when you enter uh, the stratosphere of Newcastle-upon-Tyne and um, always exciting to, to see it as you walk up the hill. Um, uh, if they can extend it, and do the Gallagher little bit extra on that side. I think that would be nice uh, to make it look almost akin to, to Celtic Park because they've got the similar, smaller stand like the East. Um, there's that weird thing where we can apparently rotate it. But to be honest, just thinking about that on Barrack Road is a nightmare. <laughs> there's no way the City Council would allow it. Um, and obviously that there is the Leases Park idea. Now, that, that for me would be all right. That would probably be as far as I would go. But to take it out of the city centre would be, you know, they'd have to have the right plan. I think that you would lose a lot, a lot by relocating from St. James's Park. So it's what benefit would you get from that relocation? I want as many people as possible to be able to watch Newcastle United in the flesh because it's a special experience and I don't like the fact that there's some people who want to go, can't go because of capacity. We're fucking shit and we're still selling out every single game. So the fact that there is so much potential means we will need a bigger ground. But like you say, Emil, it's kind of, it's almost a balancing act between the potentially extravagant cost of redeveloping quite severely St. James's Park and having to have reduced capacity for a while um, to moving somewhere else in the city. Um, it's a great conversation. We'll probably do kind of full podcasts on this one over the summer, mm-hmm. I would imagine, um, on, on Patreon. So Patron. great question. <laughs> yeah, great question. Um, definitely Get a bit of safe standing watch. in first, I think. Get a bit of safe standing in. That'd be nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a laundry list, isn't there, of things we yeah. want the club to be doing. It is, it is a question. It's a big question, but maybe it's not the most primary question right now. Matt Spoors or Spores. Sorry, Matt, I've butchered your name. Uh, sorry in advance for the pessimistic questions. That's all right, Matt. We deal with Simon very regularly on the podcast, <laughs> so we're used to that. Do you think relegation would have any effect on PIF's desire to continue their ownership of the club? Well, it, it's it's not as cut and dry as that, is it? Because like they, it might. You might be like, oh, I wish I'd not bought this. But then they would have to offload it. They are the owners, so... And I also think PIF are, you know, I think that the people who bought the club are deeply competitive people. And if we are relegated, I think that is not in their plan, but that will just strengthen the desire to sort of come back up, compete and uh, and, and show people um, what they can do. Um, 
I don't think Alex has just written to me saying he has nothing to add here. That's how I know that I'm doing well when Alex is like nothing to add. So I might move us on even just just my voice that one. Charlotte, where did he say that? I can't see that at all. What were you making things up? <laughs> Shut up. Um, OK, uh, he did say it. It's fine. Um, OK, let's see. OK, this is a big question from Brian Mulhall, longtime question asker and patron who uh, who is asking the question that people are starting to whisper a little bit, I think, which is to say, as painful as it is, Saturday was the day I accepted we are down. Too much to do and we don't have the players or the mentality to get out of this mess. Question is, do you stick with how and what sort of recruitment do you make for the championship? Similar to last time or do you look for younger players and try to rebuild from the ground up? So that is assuming, Alex, I'm going to come to you first and then Emil, if you have anything to add, I will drop you in as well. That's assuming we are going down. I suppose the question presupposes that you think that. I guess this weekend really will make or break that in your head. How would you approach it? If we do get relegated, I don't think, I've answered this before on this show, that it depends on the manner in terms of how's future. So in terms of building from the bottom up and young players, young players aren't great for the championship. One or two might do well, but what you need is like hard, fast bastards. Like Watford <laughs> against us last week just looks so physically strong and big. And you're like, oh yeah, they were in the championship last year. And young yeah. players don't really fit in at that. No, you can't, you know, young players can thrive, but you're talking like one or two in a side rather than a team full of them. The I don't think you build anything in the championship apart from a team to gain promotion. I'm not thrown in the towel yet. I'm severely concerned. And me and Norman recorded a, lot, a long podcast this week on Patreon about our views on Eddie Howe and his future and, and the emergence of Rafa Benitez. But I'm, I'm certainly not going to assume we're relegated, regardless of what happens this week, weekend, really. But like Brian says, it's every must-win game that goes by unwon. Like There has to be some consequences to that. It's not a consequence-free game that we play you know point points and wins move you up the table and yeah. you know the I think I don't I think the movements in the conversations we're seeing in the transfer market this week are very much that the owners aren't thrown in the towel regardless of these they're going to splash massive cash I think in these last nine days of this window so you know it's a good question but maybe one will revisit Charlotte and a later TFAQ if if indeed it does look like that's more likely to happen I was just going to add as well, there's a lot of people saying, oh, start buying for the championship now. I think that they're going to be there in the summer. I think that the PIF are still going to want to get us back up because in a way, you know, if they want to see a team win, where does it matter where Newcastle are in either league for the new owners? Because if we do go down, then they're going to see a lot of wins. And as we saw, you know, that the first time Newcastle won against Burnley, PIF don't know who Burnley are, let's be honest. Um, no offence to Burnley fans if you happen to be listening. But ultimately, you know, they were happy with that. There was a win. Okay, right. So, like, each week, imagine if Newcastle absolutely bossed the championship going with that positive wave. That's cool. Um, the other thing, yeah, like I was saying, Chris Wood, people are saying he works either way. Um, Trippier looks like he's going to stay because there's no clause in there. I think they're working really hard to not have relegation clauses in there so that Whichever way it goes, we're going to have a, a solid team that, that bosses that league better than the time we went down with Hutton and Rafa. Yes. Well, I still haven't given up hope. So I, I hope that uh, that you guys have. Well, Brian has, but um, may, maybe some of our listeners haven't. Um, 
So, Alex, you mentioned the State of Play podcast that you had recorded with Norman this week, which is obviously, obviously brilliant. Um, and you mentioned this question. Um, so for those, because it's a, it's a, it's, this is going out for free, people may not have listened to that. How, Jack says, how many more winless games does Hal get before Rafa is brought back? And then Tim Bozeval, Bozeval, ooh, Tim, I'm sorry, said, should we draft in Rafa as, I just want to lump these two together because I think that they work well together as questions. Should, should we draft in Rafa as a consultant to shore up the existing defence, given there's little success so far with buying centre-backs? I mean, can't see Rafa wanting to be a consultant personally. He's too much of a tactician. Um, but Alex, what do you think? Do you think he's going to get brought back? How did you, if, can you pray see what you and Norman kind of said this week? Yeah, well, the next three are massive, aren't they, Freddie? How you look at Leeds 15th in the league, haven't beat anyone in the league above 11th place all season, one of the lowest wage bills in the league. Then they've got Everton and Villa, who are far more um, expensively put together sides, but also have got many problems both sides. You know, Steven Jarrod was a lot of Newcastle fans pick for this job. He's ended up at Aston Villa. Those three games, if he doesn't win any of those three games, he'd get sacked. I'm, I'm almost convinced of it because with with the assumed investment in this window, you don't, let's say Newcastle spend, what have they spent already? About £40 million. Let's say they spent £80 to £100 million in this window. You don't just then not win any of the next fixtures and be like, oh, that's fine. You're going at Rafa Benitez because of that link that he has to the club and the owners. And yeah, yeah I agree with you that. Rafa Benitez is a football obsessive. So any of this director of football stuff, it's he needs to be on the training ground. He's got to be working. He's got to be tinkering. You know, kind of, he, he likes strategy and building a football club and he wanted to build Newcastle United when he was here. I'm like, to me, just I just hope Eddie Howe wins tomorrow. Like, yeah. I've just written our special for, you know, the, the free match day newsletter that we do that people can sign up for. Head to the True Faith site and put your email in on the, on the right-hand side um, saying, like, Eddie Howe, there's been much promise much promise in many of the games, but if that promise goes unfulfilled in these next three, I've no doubt. And and he'd accept that to, to come in and not win any of his first fourteen games, or sorry, to win one of the first fourteen, it's not good enough. We're not there yet, though. Tim also asked, at what point does Eddie Howe become Eddie? Why? Um, which I don't think we have to ask answer, but I liked a lot. Um, Emil, I assume you don't have too much to add to that one, so I'm going to move us on. And the question here, which I think is an interesting one, because this is any questions, it doesn't have to just be about what's going on right now, um, although this sort of half is. If you had the choice, this is from Jonathan Brownsell, if you had the choice, who would you have? An inform Ben Arthur in his peak or an inform ASM? It's a good question to read to like lots lots of parallels to draw between Ben Arthur and ASM, loads of them in, in their in their game. Emil, straight off the bat, what would you say before you explain it? Um ooh. ASM. Alex? Sorry. Oh. It's a really good question and it's hard. Um I'd go for Hatem Ben Arthur. I think I lean towards Hatem. But into the debate, Emil, let's hear your justification. Thing is, inform Hatem did turn up, but so, you know, you do tend to get I don't know, it's really hard. This one apparently had a really good game because he's just joined Lille. Um, maybe he needs to have a word with Sven Botman and just say how great it is in Newcastle. Uh, but uh, you know, package deal, you get, get Hatem over, you know, <laughs> imagine Lille, they'd be absolutely fuming. He's just got there and then another one wants to leave. Um, 
I only say ASM based on that that classic thing about attitude. I still think that ASM has got a slightly better work ethic. I know that we we're seeing so many parallels, but I, I don't know. I, I think that Hatem Ben Arfa. Uh, you think he was thing is the shooting. The thing, thing is, Emil, what I would say to you is I don't even look at the characteristics and performance of the players in terms of attributes because they're both so strong in what they do, which is going, going past defenders mm-hmm. and creating opportunities for the team. ASM has only played for a shit Newcastle, yeah. whereas Ben Arthur did it for the best version of Ashley's Newcastle and Newcastle's yeah. best league finished since, what, 2004. I think that has to count for a lot. And, and if you look, you know, ASM scored some excellent goals for Newcastle but the quality of some of Ben Arthur's goals has been in terms of like outside of the box and all that kind of stuff. I just feel that when Ben Arthur played for Newcastle United, I thought we could beat anyone. If he was yeah. playing on form, doesn't matter who you're playing, we'll beat them. I don't quite feel the same about ASM yet. I'm just annoyed at Hatem. I'm just annoyed he threw it away. I just wish he hadn't because he could have been, it could have been so much better. Uh, Adele writes songs that you could sing to Hatem Ben Arthur, but uh, for now we'll move on. It's a, it's a good. Oh, oh Jonathan Hand have had a a, a a follow-up question, which I will bring up while we're kind of on ASM. I'd also like to touch back on what I asked if we've seen the best of ASM on a previous questions pod. What's your opinion on this now? I don't personally. I'm just going to jump in. I don't. It, it it all hinges on what Alex said. He he plays in a crap Newcastle team, so we, I, I think this is the best we're going to see right now. Um. I think he still needs more discipline to his game. Um, but Alex, what do you think? Do you think we've seen the best of him? Do you think more, there's more to come? I hope there's more to come. <laughs> you know, he's he's still relatively young. He, what is he, under 26? So I think he's 24. Yes, yeah, so he's 24. So he's still relatively young. Um, I, I think that the, I think one of the main criticisms of, of um, ASM, or not, it's not even a criticism of him, but it, it's a criticism of how good he is in the overall context of the league that if he was that good, he wouldn't be playing for us still yeah. before I the takeover. And, 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 that, and therefore, you have to assume other clubs, top six, top eight, even top 10 clubs have thought 40 million. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really great point. We are in a transfer window. There has been no uh, murmurs of him being poached. So that's uh, something to consider. All right, we're going to take a very short break for some um, of our sponsors to say their thing. Uh, If you don't like adverts, if you just really passionately dislike adverts, you can join us on Patreon at £6.60 per month. You get uh, five to seven, you know, depending on how productive we're feeling, uh, podcasts per week about this insane club that we all support. Um, And if not, we'll be back very shortly. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to part two of True Faith Any Questions, TFAQ, our fortnightly show where our patrons ask us the questions. This week we are putting it out for free um, for you guys who aren't patrons to listen to what we do. Um, Let's crack on. We have still so many questions to get through. Um, Where to go? Where to go? We, there are lots of questions about sacking Eddie Howe and at what point do we sack Eddie Howe? Um, we've kind of gone over that, so I will skim them. And Michael Rutherford wants to know, this is a very good question and people are people are sort of, I'm hearing this at the match, I'm hearing this after the match. What position does Joe Willock ideally play? Michael goes on to say, I don't think it exists in modern football, <laughs> which is really really galvanizing given he's part of our squad in this modern footballing age but great his success last season was running forward not often with the ball and arriving late into the box like Lampard it worked well last season when the plan was literally sit back and counter with no structured build-up play such as the style Eddie Howe is trying to implement we all agree Bruce's system wasn't going to bring long-term success how many Premier League teams have a team have a player like Willock from last last season not many he goes on in, in that, but but I think it's a very interesting question. And Alex, I'll come to you and then maybe Emil, you can add to it as well. Does he fit? I suppose the broader question is, does he fit into what's going on right now with our squad? And and if not, what, what's the answer? <laughs> Fix him. Yes, yes, I think he fits into Eddie Howe's 4-3-3 with three central midfielders. But no, I don't think you can play Joe Linton and Joe Willock in the same central midfield. Uh, I feel pretty strongly that I, I don't buy into the Joe Linton stuff in midfield. Although you know it's it's nice that you can um, control the ball in his own half and move past players and find the pass in his in his kind of his own forty-five. Um, but I don't think he's the answer in central midfield. We need much better. He's not the only one in central midfield. We need better for. But I think I think at the minute Joe Linton is getting a game ahead of Willock. Last season, Joe did all his his good work, like the question says in a midfield three with a lot of freedom to almost kind of not be restricted by having to provide any defensive cover, but allowed to get into the box and support the, the forward players. Um, and, you know, we, we played 5-3-2 under Bruce um, towards the end. Arsenal played them basically across the three of a 4-2-3-1. And, it, you know, the, the, they got rid of him. It, it didn't, he didn't fit it. I'm a bit concerned in general about this formation and the how it could be proved wrong at Leeds tomorrow. Hope I am proved wrong at Leeds tomorrow, but I think I think you know Willock played really well alongside John Joe Shelby in part of a four-two-three-one against Burnley. How 
in, in those first few fixtures, thought he played as a midfield too. He really struggled against Leicester and Man City in that position. But those I don't teams, want to write... Sorry, yeah. I'm so sorry. It, that, that, but they have such different styles of play. Against Burnley, a team that doesn't want the ball, like... And there's an old like it's just it's so different to a Leicester or a Man City, isn't it? Yeah, I think Howell's made a massive mistake not playing him against Cambridge in a four-three-three, just to see, just to have a look. Um, he hasn't played the midfield three for Newcastle yet this season, I don't think. Um, and that's a massive shame. And I thought Cambridge was the perfect opportunity. Listen, he came on against Cambridge and was shite, just like all his teammates at that point in the game. But I, 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 I would play him myself in in this team. I would start him tomorrow in that three, but I don't think Howell will. Okay, well, you can, you guys can listen to our preview and people will talk about the formation, I hope. <laughs> I haven't listened yet. Um, Emil, what, do you have anything that you want to add to that or shall I move on? No, shaking his no. head, I'm going to move no. on. Islington Dave says, organic local sourced butchers meat pies at Palace. Fancy Tottenham paints, I'm going to say pints, with magnets filling up from the bottom. What is your favourite away concourse and why? This is a great question. I love it. Um, all the different grounds across the across the UK. Emil, you've recently been to recently a started going to no, but you recently recently started going to away games, right? Yeah, 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 I have. So, of of the ones you've been to so far, which one has, has been the most palatable? Well, I'll, I'll talk you through a few of mine. Stoke's terrible, just to say. Okay. I, I lived in Stoke at the time. It was midweek. They didn't have the bar open. They wouldn't open it for away fans. There's nowhere to drink around the ground. It's terrible. Um, yeah, it's sponsored by Pedigree as well. Sponsor, sponsored by dog food. Um, I like Palace because it was old. I know it was a bit rammed in there and it, it was very much height of COVID, but there was a real party atmosphere and I, I enjoyed the fact that it was next to a, a row of houses. Um Leicester and Brighton, pretty what's similar. Your favorite? Bright, bright, what's, bright. Your, what's your favorite though? Yeah, which the, is your favorite? You've got to pick which is one. Your favorite. I, I wanted to build up to Brighton. Brighton being the best one so far. Brighton okay. was nice. Why? Brighton's why? Good. Why is Brighton your favorite? I've run out of time. You haven't. Go on. <laughs> I like the fact that they thanked you for coming on the toilet signs. I thought oh. that was really nice touch. And they, <laughs> so and they kept polite. the bar open afterwards. Like the politeness. Well. Kept the bar open afterwards. Go on, Alex, what's yours? I hate concourses. Uh, so my favourite was Rotherham in the Championship where they don't have one. You basically <laughs> had like outside the stadium, they had like a food thing built into the brick and then you went through the turnstile like into the seats. I enjoyed that. Oh, that's good. Why do you hate I concourses? Well, it, it's just because I'm, 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 an, I'm of an age where I don't want to kind of get drunk before games and stand around high and be it. Not against it, just saying, been there, done that Not too many times. Just want to get in my seat. And there's sometimes when you get in and you're just like, right, there's 4,000 people between me and my seat. Um, how am I going to get there? <laughs> how am I going to get there? Without without trampling on someone. Um, I think anyone listening to this who was at Barnsley um, and also Burnley, big shout out for like dangerously narrow concourses. Oh, I hate that, Burnley. I've got yeah. I hate Burnley with a, a fiery passion of a thousand suns. Yeah. I hate it. Okay, cool. Um... Anthony Pastori says, crazy thought, but hear me out. Joe Linton was garbage under Bruce. Is mint under how? Hendrick was garbage under Bruce. Could he be mint under how? I think that's what he says. He's left it blank. I'm, I'm filling it in for him. Um, maybe he can have a new manager revival too. Do you think Jeff... No, Emil's shaking his head. <laughs> I've got a quick answer for this one. I'll tell you it quickly. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> we just don't think. I just can't see it myself either. Jeff Hendrick can't, having can't a run. Like hmm? Eddie Howe can't make him run. He can't run. Yeah. Right. Squad <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. Amazing, isn't it, that he's a Premier League footballer and he can't really run, which is fantastic. Um, all right. Uh, this is a question about our squad, about who we we need some churn in the squad generally. But Magnus, long-term listener and follower of us, what do we think will happen if we do go down? Who will leave? Who will stay? Will Eddie Howe stay in charge? Well, the Eddie Howe question, I think, is a very strong no. I don't think he will. Um, will the owners continue to back the club? We've kind of answered that one earlier on. They have to. <laughs> Um, no one else is going to. Um, but who do you think would leave and stay um, if we went down into the championship in terms of on the pitch? Alex and then Emil. Who would leave and who would stay? I think it would depend on the manager in which terms of who was here. You'd think that the players who were here last time in the championship would, would be moved on regardless. Mm-hmm what division we're in because they've just been here so long and underperformed for so long I don't think we could take that losing mentality into the championship players just used to getting beat every week in any Cass United shirt uh, it's a lot of kind of who would take a lot of these players as well you know is, is anyone going to want John Joe Shelby in 80 grand a week how attractive is Jamal Sells on, on 60 grand a week probably not for anyone and as a championship club having to abide by fair play regulations in the championship you can't just pay these players off so it may, it may be a case of just like trying to offload players desperately before even looking at bringing anyone in. Emil? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously you've got the, the new lads. I, I know that Trippy has said that he's here for the long run. So that would be interesting to see how quickly... I wonder how true that tested. is. Yeah. I know. Uh, that's that's the one that interests me. I, I think he will stay because I think that he's... The problem is it's the World Cup, isn't it? That That is what's the looming thing. Um, Wilson as well. Does Wilson want to go and play for a Premier League team now that we know that he is very capable of doing a good job for a team that comes up? Maybe Bournemouth want him back if they go up. Fulham might be looking for a striker because Mitrovic will start getting a few so, suitors. I just can't see him joining. An, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I just can't see him joining a Premier League team now at his sort of age and injury record. Joined us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> We're a different kettle of fish. <laughs> Championship team in the Premier League, aren't we? <laughs> anyway, go on. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, like that—that's that's the ones you always look for your 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 players that that attract the most uh, interest. Um, would Dubravka stay? I'm not sure. Maybe he would go to a, a European team. Um, I, I don't know. It just depends, really, because what, it just. It all links to like the PIF. I mean, hopefully they stay. I, I'm scared every time we talk about it, even though we had no, that question before. I mean, it took them long enough to buy the club. I don't think they're going anywhere. I know, I know, I know. I'm just, just uh, yeah, uh, impossible question. Impossible question impossible to answer, question, really. It's true. Let's move on to another one then. John Paul Morrow, another long time listener, long time question asker. Mm, that doesn't roll off the tongue. Says, with the welcome reintroduction of former players from our glory years, would you look to give any of them a more active role at the club? If so, who and what role? I reckon Shola is still stealing a living off us and could be replaced, for example. <laughs> That's so hard. So hard on Shola. Well, I, I want Les Ferdinand it. to work in the corporate section as a chef. Yeah, I'd love I want it. him to serve people's carveries. 
That'd be nice. I Why? Just it'd be funny, wouldn't it? Just like a, a different a guest footballer each week. You know, we'll we'll trim oh, your I totally beef. thought I'd missed something, and he's like famous on TikTok now for like cooking. No, no, he's no. Direct, I don't think he's so. director of football at QPR, so be quite a step down. Well, like, okay, you have um, to pay a lot for that. Anton Ferdinand, then <laughs> we'll just get a different. <laughs> Um, well, I think there's obvious sort of um, ambassadorial roles for like yeah. Kevin Keegan and um, Alan Shearer that I would assume are in the works, but maybe are not. I don't know. They haven't happened yet. Um, Alex, who else from our glorious? Is there anyone more obscure you would pluck out and give some kind of role to? I think, in t- you know, when, when we sign players, particularly players from abroad, and they need someone to show them the area. They need to, you know, integrate them into English life, schools. If we brought back Killer Kill Klein <laughs> to help them decorate at home, if anyone saw that interview on NUFC.co.uk <laughs> um, of his mad house, yes, yes, then then it, that that would be a real like like you know focus the mind. <laughs> Buy a nice house. I'm sure Killer's house is lovely, fantastic, but I just feel it would be like a real like eye opener for those new players to this country to be like, is this how English people live? Is does everyone have a witch doll? Well, firstly, I'm going to say I'm going to pause you there because Brian Killer Kilkline is not an English person. Oh, is he not? Is he not what? Scottish? Um, or does he just live in Scotland? He's pretty English when I met him. Oh, maybe he just lives in Scotland. Yeah, he's got like a West Country accent, I think, as far as my Oh, world. yeah, you're he right. From... He lives in Scotland. I'm confusing myself. Yeah. Anyway, okay, this is how English people live, but in Scotland. Um, you all have to live in Scotland and commute over the border. Um, <laughs> yeah, love it, love it. I think it would frighten people away. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going <laughs> to lie about that. His house was terrifying. There's so many crazy dolls in it. Honestly, listener, if you haven't seen that article in... On nufc.co.uk, it is so good. It, the picture. The article is great. It's not just the photos. The article. The article yeah, the article is, really is great yeah. as well. You get you get a real a real feel for the man, uh, Emil. He's at the stadium a lot as well, isn't he? He was with Warren Barton the other day. Um, yeah. You know, just to, just because to go back to my point about Chef, I, I take it back about Les Ferdinand. It would have to be Lauren Robert because if anyone follows him on on him on Instagram, his. Instagram story. It is like the lavish of the lavish experience. He's he loves a cigar. He's got a cigar on the go every single Friday. He's popping a champagne bottle. He's just living the life. He does a barbecue every week. Like he's got to run the have... for it, doesn't he? Oh man, it is so good. It would be great to have him in there and like just imagine him like dishing out cigars after a win. Lauren's got his like box open and there he goes. It's just like right three three nil at home to uh to Everton on a Tuesday. Lauren comes around with the cigars and everyone's got that. And Eddie Howe comes and joins him. I think Lauren would just be a great like he could take the players around. No disrespect to Justin Lockwood, but he would be great to have a chat to after the game. Just to be like, oh, what did you think of the result? And then yeah. We all love a French accent. I was going to say just off the back of that, probably David Ginola, but yep. not to do anything but sit next to me at the match. Is that, <laughs> is that a role? Can we make him do that? Full French contingent so. coming back. <laughs> um, okay, there's another question. This is so it was it was confirmed today. We're recording on Friday. It was confirmed today that our team is post leads going to jet off to Saudi Arabia and do some training, maybe play a friendly there. They're not confirmed to be meeting the owners, but they might. Um, and so Shane Mawson says, with the possible trip to Saudi, now it's now it's a definite trip to Saudi. God, that's a tongue twister. Do you think PIF will sanction a big marquee signing before the trip so that 
to have there to meet with likely new sponsors. I mean, I'd love to think that, but now we're only a few days away. What do you think, Alex? I don't think that PIF would sign someone for that reason. I think that they this is their club and they are, you know, they, they're putting the money into this. They just want the team to be not terrible. I think that's way more yeah. important in terms of like signings and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I don't think so. And I don't think they'd do that. Okay. Emil? Uh, I, I was just because I heard today in the news that Eddie Howe's denied that it's anything to do with the new owners, um, which I thought was like quite a bold statement. It's like, surely, Eddie, like you're not fooling anyone. The fact that Saudi Arabia have got a, a large involvement in us. The, and the something... public investment fund of Saudi Sorry, Arabia. PIF, PIF, PIF. Um, yeah, he says it's nothing to do with the owners. But I mean, if, if that was the case, why didn't we go to Saudi Arabia the last time? Yeah, it's like, oh, you guys are from here? It's, it's um, it's like, and here's a reference I'm sure most of our um, listeners will have. Um, it's like in Legally Blonde when she sees her ex at uh, college and it's like, oh, you go here too. Yep, that's a reference everybody will recognize. Um, let me have a look. We've A lot of the questions are not samey, but I think we're covering them because our answers are so meaty. So I think we've probably got another couple um ABB wanted to wanted to make the point that regarding the fans having a formal voice at the club we appear to be just as unrepresented now as before do you think this could change and do you agree that the club would actually benefit from having a regular official discussion with fan representatives well two of the people on this podcast here are on the trust board which will always fight for fan representation at, at um board level in any club not just Newcastle United it's so important to listen to the fans the people that are actually making you this money um and the people that bring the atmosphere and spend their lives following these clubs i think um it is you know we the comment we appear to be just as unrepresented now as before is is reasonably true but but that's we've only been taking it we were only taken over in october and there's been a lot of work to do so i think you know some patience has to be had i would like even if it's not the trust but i would hope it's the trust because we're such a large uh, body of, of paying members with a democratically elected board and i think that's that's stands for that says a lot um i would like to see fans consulted i'm sure that that is in there you know they've made all the right noises about things like that so i would like to see fans consulted and represented at board level or involved in major decisions at the club particularly ones that affect fans like day-to-day stuff so that's sort of where i stand on that alex you probably don't have much to add i would imagine because my answer was so good yeah, the only thing I'll say is we no, have to give you some, some time because it's like, you know, we've just got to get this transfer window right. So I think I think everyone at at all levels in terms of support engagement is just giving them that time. It has to come and it should come and I believe it will come, but it's all about January and not getting relegated. This is it. This is it. We've got to focus on this window and where we are in the league right now and then everything else can come after. Uh, all right, I think this may be the last one. Uh, another Anthony Pastore. Crazy thought, but is anyone else getting Michael Owen vibes from players who might only be mo- motivated by a larger payday? Dembele, Lingard, Carlos, etc. And possibly prefer younger domestic prospects who can be grown at Newcastle. 
maybe being relegated could be best in terms of our long-term future. One thing I will say is that younger uh, domestic prospects that can be grown at Newcastle are not, it's not an either or to me. So why, like, I know that we need to work on this window on getting some established Premier League experienced players, but there's nothing to stop us also going out and building out our academy, bringing in younger youth players and, and starting to grow them too. Alex, what do you think? No, I don't, I don't agree. Um, I think Michael no, no, sorry, with the, the point about Michael Owen and oh, okay. some of the new signings. I think that um, Michael Owen went from Real Madrid to Newcastle United, even in 2005, that was a major step down. It just simply was. We aren't signing players from any clubs of, of that calibre. So a lot of the, the players we're trying to sign, even if they're in um, clubs that are in the Champions League, like Trippier or going after Botman, um, the, you know, moving to the Premier League is not the same as going from a super club to Newcastle United, and I think a lot of the players who they sign, who they want to sign, um, know what the task at hand is, and it's to survive relegation, and they'll be judged on that and that alone in terms of the success to the team. When Michael Owen came, what Michael Owen would say is that his goals to game ratio was actually very good for Newcastle United, and that's his defence. And he might, he might not be wrong in terms of that output when he played, um, but ultimately the club didn't achieve anything while he was here, and it went backwards. And that's the biggest issue, that it costs so much money, put so little effort in, and the club went so far backwards. I don't think you'll see that with with any of these players that are coming in. I agree with that. Let me rework the question ever so slightly and put it to you, Emil. Do you think that we... I mean, I suppose there's this sort of question about inflated costs and inflated wages. That's got to play a part in this, right? Do you think we are being exploited? I was asked the question today, for example, do I think we are victims of a of sort of the rich club's tax. Um, do, do I think things are inflated because people perceive us now to be so wealthy? What do you think to that? And it's not really the question, but I'm interested in your perspective. I think exploit's a strong word, but it's clear to see what's going on in this window. They're experiencing a very tough window. Um, it was a highly publicised takeover. There was no secret about how rich we were going to be. Everyone was quick to uh, show that pie chart about how much richer we are than Man City. It's lovely to look at, but then everyone's like, oh, well, right, well, we can charge them whatever, can't we? Uh, put those prices higher. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, I, it's just, it's a headache for us right now. It wouldn't feel as harsh if it weren't for the position we are in the league. If it wasn't for that, then, you know, everyone would be like, all right, we'll just get the next one. Uh, we'll move on from that one. But it's the desperation that's that's coming in. And it's very much like, ah, okay, right, okay. They're, they're really putting the price aside. Just pay it, just pay it, just pay it. Yeah. And that's, that's adding to the anxiety around this entire window for fans and the owners, I imagine. Okay, last one. It is the last one. It's a, it's a quick fire. You don't have to give me your justification. I just want a name. Uh, this is um, Islington Dave. If you could swap Eddie Howe for any other manager in the bottom 10, which manager would it be? He says and why, but I'm not giving you the why. Alex. Thomas Frank. Okay. Emil. I need to check who's in the bottom 10. <laughs> I know. Until last week, I would have said Everton. Uh, Steve Gerrard. All right, there you go. Love to hear your responses. Patrons, please do use the comment function. Uh, non-patrons um do consider joining us you can comment we've got facebook group we all chat with each other it's six pounds sixty a month um and you won't hear any adverts um 
if you are not a patron and you just want to engage, do tweet us at TFNUFC and tell us who you would take, if not either of those. Thanks so much for listening. Take care, everybody. And we'll be back with um, all of our usual weekend content from Leeds. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.